What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, Regina's only downtown brewery. from the Back Deck Recording Studio, where, unlike the last time I had Pat McIver to my house, my lawn is actually mowed. Yeah, I, you know, it was funny. I was sitting here this afternoon, uh, a little hungover from a, a party I was at last night. Very hungover, actually. And I thought to myself, I gotta get off my butt and do something. So you did this today? I did this today. I actually did this about an hour and a half ago, knowing that you're coming over, that I nicely mowed my lawn just for you, Pat. Well, you don't have to put on lawn, just for me. Well... I, I, I just like and respect you that much. I know who you really are. <laughs> that's, that's fair. You and I have known each other a while. This is the Three Down Nation Greencast. Again, Joel Gasson, the brains and charm behind this operation, is still in Ireland on his uh, honeymoon, where today he had scotch for breakfast. Good for him. He had an orange slice in there, though, so I'm sure that's healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did the Jameson tour. So again, joined by CTV Saskatoon's Pat McKay, who, uh, after winning the uh, Best Hair in Saskatoon Sports Media Award three times over, is now going for the Best Mustache in Saskatoon Sports Media, looking to win his first title of that. I don't think I'm going to win it, to be honest with you. But um, Is there anybody out there with a duster anymore in Saskatoon Sports Media? I can't think of anyone, honestly. I might be the only one if you actually call this a mustache. There's still I'm having trouble with the gap. Right. Right under the, the bridge of the Nose, the gap in the middle. Oh, I just noticed that. Now I'm going to stare it at the whole yeah, night. Hang on a second. Let me bush it up. That, that That's, yeah. Uh, like a mustache comb over. You know, in fairness, uh, a, a good friend of mine, who I won't out him on this podcast, used to, he'd have some, some of his mustache would come in blonde, so he would just ferment his mustache to make it appear fuller. I do that. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I don't know if you can see, if you look yeah. real close. Okay, we're getting some real of it close. Comes in blonde. Oh, a lot of it does come in blonde. Some of it, some of it does. I would say like seventy five percent is uh-huh. like a dark brown, like yeah. the same color as my hair. A lot of it comes in blonde though. And some people say it's cheating. I don't think it's cheating because like I grew the hair. It's you not did. Like I'm putting hair on. Right, Just darkening that shit up a bit. That's right, and and you are, and it does. I never would have known. I thought I was going to give you some big mustache pro tip here, but instead, I've just been exposed. And, and like, how hard is it to find? Like, because it matches with your hair. How hard is it to find the just for men that matches mustache face to hair head? It's not hard. They got a lot. Mm. They got a lot of options out there. That's fair. Speaking of a lot of options, uh, we do have a lot of options for beers. I did stock up my fridge, so as per tradition on this podcast, uh, beer this week provided by me. Um, little in cans. In cans. That's right. A little bit less. Um, you can't clink them together. No. No. Just... They they it's, just make that flat it's not sound. It's yeah, no, that's disappointing. Um, but going with some fairly basic stuff uh, this week, as uh, it was all on sale at Sobey's Liquor Store. Well, there it is. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, going with an uh, 016 Great Western Brewing uh, right here in Saskatoon, right beside the Curling Club in the city that has the best wonton soup that you may ever taste. Granite. The granite. 
legendary. And meanwhile, Pat, uh, you're having flashbacks to your high school partying days right now. Yeah, well, no, like just after high school, after I turned 18 in Alberta, because that's what the legal drinking age Right, because so. you never tasted the booze before then, right? Uh, no, not really. Um, yeah, Molson Canadian. I don't know when the last time I had one of these was, but the first sip I took was like, oh my. Like it just, <laughs> it kind of, it's in the same vein as a Pilsner. It's in, you know, that kind of, not bitter, but yeah. just it's... It's got a little bit of a bite to it. Yes. It's, it's not like an easy drinking beer. It's no. like a beer. It's a beer. <laughs> it is one that we all probably had one too many of back in our younger days. Oh, yeah. but do you remember uh, Cold Shots? Yes, I do remember Molson Cold Shots. Yeah, I remember where, uh, loading those in my golf bag and getting a little bit too out of hand of the Atacoke and Golf and, Clunch- Country, uh, Go- golf and Curling Center. Pardon yeah. me once or twice. I used to think I was such a badass for drinking those Cold Shots because I'd be like, well... <laughs> Look, they're a little stronger. And someone pointed out, like, look at how small the can is. Though. Like, you're, it's it evens out. And I was like, no, it doesn't. It's strong. Get out of here. One day I'm going to have a great mustache and better hair. And... I think I even said that, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My hair's actually gone downhill over the years. I don't know if... Uh... It is still significantly better than mine, though. Well, like, like, again, I am, I am honestly about maybe a year or two away from going full Tim McAuliffe. No, I would keep it. No, no, no. Here, let me lean down. No, I can see it. I would keep it. Really? Yeah. It's. I, I always told my wife that if I ever went bald, like, and, and you just had the ring around yep. the sides, I would keep it. Like, you just, you look like a total dad. Uh, like, who are you trying to impress, you know? Customers. No, I, they'll I, be impressed by the balls you have just to wear that hair around That's true, to have the Jason Alexander. But I still, you know, I like my wife to think I'm attractive once in a while. You know, since we first met, I've grown a dad bod and back hair and have rapidly been losing my hair, so... It's all about attitude. Right. Know? When I was about 18, 19, I had a mullet. Oh, yes. Like, I, I didn't care. No. I just rocked it. People, well, they said they liked it. I'm not sure if they actually did. But the point is they said they liked it. Right. It's all about attitude, man. Right. Confidence. Speaking of attitude and confidence, uh, I, I'm surprised you're still feeling full of attitude and confidence as a plane, some sort of plane flies overhead with the Back Deck Recording Studio. This is live podcasting at its finest. Uh, wow, that's significantly loud. Anyways, uh, confidence... A little bit of attitude, that's what you have with your CFL predictions, which so far for both of us, not going so well. I don't think we saw an 0-2 start for the Riders, and uh, you had another hot take that uh, has made you very popular uh, back in my home province, from what I understand. I've seen, yeah. I've seen your mentions blow up a little bit. See, I, I don't, you know, were people this upset when nobody got anything right about the NHL playoffs? <laughs> no, no, nobody was. But I don't think anybody really gave a damn about the yeah, NHL playoffs granted, this year. this is slightly different. I'm not yeah. trying to wiggle my way out of any situation. <laughs> you know what? Um, yeah, I, I said Ottawa would be bad. Yes. I said they would be terrible. Yes. And uh, I will say that I was not alone in that prediction. I think most people outside of Ottawa or our nation as they call themselves mm-hmm. I think that most people thought they were going to be bad and well we all kind of have a little bit of egg on our face at this point in the season but did anyone really think Dominique Davis was going to come out throw four picks and still beat Calgary no was going to come out and throw hang on a second I have the stats here for the game Ooh, I like this you got week. an iPad here you, yeah, yeah, I'm you have an iPad and I have two beers. 30 for 39, 354 yards, three touchdowns through the air. 
Did I, anyone really think he was going to do that? No. I, I watched him on and off for a couple of seasons in Winnipeg. And every time he'd come in as the backup to Matt Nichols or the third stringer, I never once thought that, you know, you could tell he was athletic. You could tell yeah. the guy could throw a ball. Like, he played, he, he was in Atlanta. He was backing up Matt Ryan a little bit. Um, I, I forget what college he played for, but, like, he, he started a few times. Yeah. He's, he's seen live bullets at a high caliber of football. Yeah. But coming in as a 29-year-old starting quarterback, I mean, that's generally not a no. recipe for success when, in the past, when you've, in limited reps, yeah. you haven't performed well. Yeah. So just like wearing uh, the bald look, hair on the sides, it's all about attitude and all about confidence. And man, Dominique Davis, he's made a lot of prognosticators look pretty bad so far outside of Ottawa. Including both of us sitting here in the back deck. Including me, yeah. Uh, Red Blacks fans, you guys are creative. Yeah, You know what? I will give, uh, and I, I saw that I, I encountered them more on Twitter when I was working with uh, Travis Curran, too, and I but there, and you know what? They have some creative beaks, and and I'm the kind of guy that, and I've always said this: if you're going to make a joke at my expense, if you're going to call me out for something, just make it funny, and I'll respect the hell out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I've liked, I'd say, ninety percent of the chirps that I've got my mentions from Redlax fans because it's it's kind of funny. Some of them, I'm like, oh okay, I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna respond to you because I don't really like your attitude. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It, it's all in good fun. I get it. I, I've been wrong so far. By the way, two wins does not a season make, as Kevin Mitchell from the Star Phoenix here in Saskatoon would say. Yes. That does not make a season. You'd think they won the Grey Cup by the way they're acting. But they are 2-0, and and they've looked really good doing Well, for the most part, looked really good doing it. But one thing that I should say, yes. any time that... You see a broadcaster or a journalist or a mm-hmm. writer or someone on the radio, anyone, make a prediction and you don't like them and you hate them and you think they're stupid, take a step back because I'm about to blow your mind. Oh, okay, I would I'm say ready. 99% of the people in the broadcasting, journalism, writing industry are awesome people. And this is why. Yes. Because to be in that position, there has to be a certain degree of likability. You have yes. to be able to relate to people to do interviews, you have to be able to relate to people, to get the information yeah. for for stories that you do when you talk to people. But like, there has to be a certain degree of, well, this guy is, is okay. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't mind talking to him. Most broadcasters are really cool people. So the next time, and I'm I'm pointing at the microphone, you are getting like right in the microphone. Stop, yeah, it's business. So the next time you you're you're gonna chirp a broadcaster, just think about it. Like we're all really cool guys. That's, and, 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 that's and I don't mean to pump my own tires, but you know what? Yes, I do because we're all really cool people. Back off, man. And, and and you're you're absolutely right. As you went on about that, I'm thinking to myself. I've been out of broadcasting now for almost three years, and yet still, some of my close personal friends, such as yourself, are, you know, broadcasters, because you're all yeah. just good human beings. And and as a, a, speaking of other broadcasters, Ryan Flaherty from Global here in Saskatoon. Oh, no, that guy out. sucks. <laughs> Flats is just the worst. Oh, I hate that guy. Oh, my God. See, I'm... there's an exception to every rule. <laughs> I did color commentary with him. He actually was—it was, it was very nice. Was yeah, guy. and he did come to your defense and point out that hey, they can still go zero and sixteen from here. They sure can. Which is the, exactly what my father-in-law Don thought was going to happen 
Well, actually, he thinks 0-18 was going to happen after Zach Caleros went down. We haven't recorded. We're, this is kind of a, a, a two games in one with a preview for the next one uh, all, all ahead here. But that was the exact text I got from my father-in-law uh, who watches a lot of football. He said, that's it, we're done after one quarter when Zach Caleros goes down in that first game. So let's. I just want to talk very briefly. All the takes have been out there. Everybody's had their soapbox. But the Simone Lawrence hit. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Do you think, Pat, because I think two games is fair. I think the fact he's appealing it, which he can do, is within his rights to do, yeah. is fair. And to me, you, you can't, like, when these guys get suspended in the NHL, you know, you're suspending a multi-millionaire, a multi-million dollar earning athlete before endorsements, anything like that. Yeah, look at the money Brad Marchand has lost over the years in suspensions, exactly. and it adds up. Oh, absolutely. But you're still taking such a small percentage of that. Now, everybody that comes out and says, well, you know, Simone Lawrence, he should have been suspended the whole season, he should have been suspended. The problem is in the CFL, you'll never see that kind of long suspension Unless it's something unbelievably egregious, because Simone Lawrence makes what? Let's 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 say it's he's up. making six figures. I don't know if he's making more than two hundred, though. Is he? I don't think so. So let's even say let's let's for argument's sake, for for the point I'm going to make, let's say he makes one hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Okay. Or let's to make math easy, let's say one hundred and eighty. CFL players, if you don't know, collect their game checks based on whether or not they're on the active roster. Okay? Right. So if this these two games that you've just taken from Simone Lawrence is going to cost a man that makes six figures someplace $20,000 Canadian. That's a large chunk of his salary. Exactly. And and much like you mentioned, the Brad Marchand suspensions have, have also racked it up, but Brad Marchand also has endorsement deals. He's making $6 million a year. You know, you take... 100 G from a guy making six million, it's not the same percentage, it's not the same impact, right? So, I, 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 all these fans clamoring, and I do think that that may have been one of the dirtiest plays I have seen in a very long time in the CFL. Well, especially because Simone knows Zach personally. What yeah. he, someone said, like, yeah, we've got pictures of each other hanging up in, I forget if it was Zach or Simone, but I've got a picture of him in my house. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're good friends, so they know the situation. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a Zach Caleros fan. No. I'm not. I'm not a Ryder fan. Yeah. But on a human level, to to hit someone in the head, to knowing you know you could let up, but you're yeah. like I'm going for it. Yeah. To someone who's had a history of concussion problems, yeah. and I mean one hit that could his career could be over. We don't know. I would almost think that it is the way that the riders have come out and said it's for his own good. Yeah. That, like, they're not saying he's concussed. They're not saying it's a neck injury. They're not saying it's an upper body injury. They're saying he's on the sixth game for his own good. Yeah. Which is a sign of going, oh. He, he wants to come back and play. Exactly. Obviously. But, I mean, he played concussed last year, which is the worst thing you can yeah. do. As a guy that, that, that I, this was more on... I know I've opened up in the past in both podcasts I've been on it, what it's like to have post-concussion syndrome for a good chunk of your life. Like, mm-hmm. like somebody needs to tell him, Zach, it, it, sit it's down. It's not worth it, dude. It's not worth it, dude. Yeah. 
Like you're, that money, that money is being paid by an insurance company right now. He's going to collect what he collects while he's on the six-game injured list. He is getting paid. Yeah, but he, to, to further my point, to do that to someone, another human being, right. just on a human level, like yeah. that, I I don't really respect that. Now you talked about appealing, mm. and I mean it's it's within his right to do that. Fair. I mean, there's a point where you go, well, I disagree with the fact that the appeal is happening because that sends the wrong message for player safety. But uh, then you go, well, like, well, it is the CFLPA's job to, because they also represent Simone Lawrence and uh, Brian Ramsey with the PA. I forget exactly what the statement was, but he kind of pointed at, well, there was hangups in the CBA negotiations surrounding this kind of thing that the CFL had said no to. And I I don't know the the quote exactly, but I think that was something he was pointing at. And I did think it was interesting that Randy Ambrosi gets gets on, makes a statement, kind of yeah. taking shots at the PA, and the PA comes back. So you have to wonder what that relationship is right now after that um, very high tension yeah. negotiation with the CBA. When it, you know it almost we don't the night before training camp started, it almost didn't happen. Yeah. See, so there's probably still some ill will there. Yeah. And it showed in those statements that they released. Oh, certainly. They hate each other. Yeah, they don't, they're not fans. But, no. I mean, I, I get people that say Simone should be suspended for a long, long time. I understand that, It's yeah. simply not going to happen. Yes. For all the reasons we've outlined. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And, and you're right. And we watched, and I remember watching a game the next night. And I forget who, I think it was Calgary. It would have been Calgary and Ottawa. And I was watching a bit of that game. And the exact same situation happened, an exposed quarterback going down on the slide. And you watch the Calgary defender go for the tackle. He had started his tackle, but was able to move himself in such a way to lessen the impact to the head. He was still flagged, but you could tell, like, that is a guy that was not targeting the head. That is a guy that happened to make contact with the head while trying to get the F out of the way, right? So... Speaking of, the, of stuff like that, did you see uh, Dominique Davis against the Riders running out of bounds and Mac Henry kind of stood up and put his shoulder into Get him the a high little bit? school bully treatment. Like, yeah, that was stupid. Uh, is that suspendable, you think? I think it's or it, finable. I, I think it's finable. Dom Davis got right back up. Um, I think yeah. it's, it's stupid. <laughs> uh, incredibly stupid. Especially because the Riders were back in that game at that point. Yeah, I don't know why you need to do that. Because like, you're stupid. Well, and it's out of bounds, too. Right. So, like, you're... I mean, there's so much talk of brotherhood among players. And uh. if someone's out of bounds and you're going to step up and put a shoulder into his chest when he's yeah. not expecting it like that. Come on, man. Well, and, and you could tell... Like, you know it's bad when you can tell at full speed that's what he did. Like, yeah. it reminded me, being back in high school, you know, you got the school bully in his leather jacket and trying to walk by, and he does that to you. Like, it's painfully obvious what he did. Like, There's it was, bullies with leather jackets in your high school? Listen, Atacokin just got Bon Jovi, like, last week. Like, it's a little behind the times there sometimes. Uh, see, what stage of Bon Jovi? Like, old school living on a prayer, or? No, the new stuff where they find out that it's really not that good. <sighs> I don't know much Bon Jovi. No, no, it, it kind of went off a hill after living out of okay. Anyway, so. So you don't have to worry about that. Okay. But, but it just, it remind it, it just, it was such a stupid play, and it was one of those momentum flip, not only momentum flipping plays, but you basically handed Ottawa, like, you said, okay, here, go score. You are and, now in the score zone, to quote Rod Black, I can't believe I just, 
Oh God! I just quote. I just used a Rod Black yeah, line. But that. you you kind of galvanize the other team too when you yeah. do that. They all look and go like, "Well, that that's just a clear sign of disrespect." That's not even that's not even a hit where yeah. where like you could have let up and you didn't. Yeah. That's yeah. I, was, I don't like that. It, stuff. It, it was dumb, and I think that was one of one of the big negatives in the game in the loss against Ottawa. The Riders now zero and two as as, as we uh, record this episode. <sighs> I didn't like that moment. The defense, although I was on, I was actually on your TV station, I was on CTV Morning Live with my very good friend Jeremy Dodge. Dodger. Dodger. Uh, again, his voice, people, if you're listening to this, I know Dodge listens to this podcast, so he's going to laugh. I've had people ask me, is Jeremy Dodge's voice fake? It is not. That is how the man talks. It is the most sultry, erotic baritone you could ever come up with in your life. Hmm. Like Barry White. Hmm. Think like... White Barry White, like that man reads. White Barry White, right? <laughs> something like that. Uh, you know what? We should try to get Jeremy to do something. You know, sing something like that for the Christmas party one year. Oh, that'd be great! Yeah. Or Chocolate Rain. Yeah, he would. You get, a, you get enough. Listen, I've known Dodge a long time. You get, you get some Mongolian death juice in him, and he'll do anything. <laughs> okay, I know we're on on the side now. Okay, anyway, all right. Uh, back to the CFL. <laughs> back to the CFL, and and if you want to know about Mongolian death juice, I will tell you a story another time. I don't want to know about it. I don't. I'll tell you after we're done recording. Okay. But <laughs> back to the CFL, yes, I thought the, the Riders' defense, they were not good. No. Against Ottawa. You had a chance against, uh, although... You're right. Dom Davis has exceeded expectations. He was great. He, he was, was he was really flat good. out fantastic. Yes, but the defense, I, I I didn't think they did a good enough job of, of maybe forcing him a little bit. And that's again, um, I I made this point on Morning Live. The CFL preseason, when you don't play anybody for more than a half, and what do you expect? Which player are you referring to specifically because the entire rider defense well <laughs> when i hear didn't play and maybe isn't performing the way he should i yeah. automatically think micah johnson because even yeah. in training camp there were drills he wasn't taking part in yeah and i understand that because you know charleston hughes players like that even william powell running back they get fewer reps yeah. in training camp because why burn them out before the season even starts? Exactly, which, which I love. I love that Craig Dickinson is doing that compared to the way Chris Jones ran his madhouse. But uh, Micah Johnson, where you been, man? Mm-hmm. You haven't done anything in the first two games. And that's how, for those who uh, don't know, that's, that's the start of the defense. They get the pressure on the quarterback. So either you get the pressure and you get the sack, yeah. you get the pressure and you get a hurried throw and that allows talented defensive backs or linebackers to yeah. potentially step up and be a ball hawk, grab yeah. that ball. Or you get pressure and you know they, they make a release valve play yeah. and they don't get a big game. Yeah. But it all starts with the front four. Yeah. And that's what the riders are counting on. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about how they had the best front four in the entire league yeah. with, with Hughes and A.C. Leonard on yeah. one end and then Micah Johnson and Zach Evans and then rotating guys through them. Yeah. Man, the depth they got on that D-line. And those guys haven't done... Oh, a stroller just rolled in the backyard. <laughs> well, then. That surprised well. me. Um, they, haven't, <laughs> they haven't been nearly as good as we thought they were going to be so far to start the season. And I'm not a finger pointer yeah. because I, I guarantee you a lot of players that listen to this will go, 
hey man, you ever laced up the cleats before? Right. And I really despise that argument, but yes. no, uh, at the professional level, I have never laced up the cleats before. No, you're right. But you can still have an opinion on who is playing well and who is not just by the eye test, even if you've never played professional football, right? No, neither of us have, have ever played football at any kind of high level. But you're right, we watch a shit ton of football. It is literally your job to watch and digest sports. But you don't even have to be a concierge of, of football. Ooh, I like that. You don't have to be one, a, an aficionado of football to understand that the players that get paid the most yeah. and the players that are hyped as the best need to be the best. And so far, the Riders' defense, some of them have not been... Anywhere close to, to what, that, to what they to what they need to be and what yeah. we expect. I, I'm I'm of the mindset that there is too much talent on that Riders defense for them to continue to look that shitty. <laughs> I, I, no, I am. Yeah, I'm not saying this is going to be their entire season, oh, but God. man, this is a rough start. Oh yeah, no, it was not a good start, and, and I do think it goes back to preseason, and that is the beauty of the CFL. Although I think the West is hyper competitive this year, and you're going to have a harder time, but the BC 0-2 start also helps the Riders out tremendously in my eyes. But uh, Did you see the Eskimos get after Mike Riley the other day? Oh, God. How many sacks did they have on him? Like nine or I, seven or something like that? And that's how, and again, back to your point, that's how a front four should play. Yeah. Like, Mike Riley, I believe, and, and Fake Gainer on Twitter has had some great jokes about it. My, like, he just tweeted out the other day, Mike Riley just got tackled at the Safeways. You know, picking up some, a bag of chips. You know, yeah. Mike Riley just got ta- like he, for the past three days he's been tweeting. Mike Riley just got tackled again. I mean, the guy with with Brian Burnham and Deron Carter as yeah. receivers, they're not getting the ball, and that's no. that's the way. As you mentioned it, that's the way a defensive front should function. Yeah. You pressure that quarterback. Yeah. You make life miserable for the quarterback, and a guy who's thrown for over five thousand yards for what, three straight years. Three now? straight years. Yeah. Three straight years. He had a terrible game. At yeah. least. In the later stages. They look good early, but that Eskimos defense uh, stepped it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think, and and we're talking about quarterbacks, and I have to give Joel a ton of credit because I know the whole rider season, and again, this goes back to the text my father-in-law sent me about the season being over and Zach Polaris went down. And Joel said it on this podcast. And I believe he said it, maybe after the second, it might have been after the first preseason game that Joel said that Cody Fajardo would be this team's starting quarterback by the end of the year, no matter what happens. Hmm. And then I made a joke about Zach Claris getting injured, and lo and behold, here we are. Three plays in. Three plays in, and he's done. Um, possibly for the season. Now, what I've watched... I know people are wondering, why why didn't he look that good against Hamilton in the first game? You know, again, I've never played at the professional level, but I can tell you as a guy that's been a goalie, good chunk of my life, your mindset when you're starting, your mindset when you're thrown in under the fire, completely different. You could tell in this game against Ottawa, Stephen McAdoo was pushing the ball deep because he knew Fajardo doesn't have a noodle arm. Like He's got a good arm. He's got a good arm. And there was a couple of throws, and you and I were both talking before recording this. There were several throws that Cody Fajardo was making that, that you know, I was wondering to myself as watching, is this a flash in a pan? Is this is this just one really good game for for a guy against a, maybe not the best defense in the league? But Ottawa's well, got a good defense, though. They do have a good defense. And then you start looking at the throws he was making. He was making, like, narrow window throws, perfect timing, hitting guys in the numbers. And, you know, for his first start, I was floored that this was his first start in the CFL because he's kind of been around for a while. I got his numbers here. Four yeah. games played 2016, five in 2017, four just last year. And it's kind of funny. He's got 
51 attempts this year, and in the past three seasons combined, he has 68. Wow. So he's uh, he's chucking that ball. He is, and he's gone from being a mop-up guy to being the guy in Saskatchewan. And, again, I'll give Joel credit, who said he was going to be the starter. Cody Fajardo, to me, Pat, looked like a CFL starting quarterback in this game against Ottawa. Like, let's let's... We know the defense sucked. We know the special teams wasn't great. Let's focus on the positive right now, and I think that was Cody Fajardo. I think the Riders, uh, they, there was talk of Harker getting some plays and Fajardo splitting, but Fajardo basically just grabbed the bull by the horns and went with it. And there was a couple throws, especially on that last drive, or late in the game, pardon me, where he threw into some tight zone defense. Yeah. Two or three times, he, he looked like a veteran CFL quarterback, and to me... That's going to be crucial to the Riders' success, and I think he will keep it up. I think he's starting quarterback material. Yeah, we talked about attitude, uh, and the, the play that stood out to me was at the end of the first half where mm-hmm. Ottawa scored. I forget what the score was, but they went up by at least two possessions, maybe yeah. maybe three, I forget what it was. So they score, and then there's you know less than a minute to go. Yeah. And it, it takes moxie for a quarterback. You know, Some will just let the clock run out. Yeah. But Fajardo, he, I mean, it was a throw to Zach, uh, Shaquille Evans, Shaq Evans, yeah. right in the corner of the end zone. And it was a great throw, yeah. but, like, to have the balls to make the throw right. and the confidence and yeah. the moxie and just yeah. to go for it, you don't often see that, that response when there's that little time to go and a half. Yeah. That stood out to me from Cody Fajardo. Well, well, and you've watched more of Cody Fajardo than I have. I Not much more. But I didn't make it to training camp this year. So you got to watch him a bit in camp. I didn't make it to the green and white day because I was working. So you got to watch him in the green and white day where I was getting texts from friends saying he looks good. You know, um, you have access to the loaf of bread from the top of the stadium quality highlights from the preseason games that, you know, teams don't stream or put a lot of production value into. Mm -hmm. Do you think from what you've seen of Cody Fajardo dating back to camp, do you think, like Joel... That he's got the chops. That he's got the potential. Uh, you know, his track record wouldn't suggest that he does. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hang on a sec. Well, how old is Cody Fajardo? I mean, is this just coming? He's 27. Uh, now, like, he... Track record in pro. I mean, I think in 2009, I saw it said on, on the broadcast that he was top high school quarterback in the state of California. Right. There's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out of California. That's true. So he's shown he can be, he can be the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's shown he can be good, um, but it, it's sure going to take more than one game to to demonstrate to me that you are now a starting CFL quarterback. And any defensive player listening right now yeah. that actually plays in the CFL, I hope that you agree with me. It's yeah. not it's not easy to be a good no. CFL quarterback. It's not an easy league to excel in. No. So for someone to come in and have one good game, yeah. one like really good game, but one good game, and to all of a sudden be put up on a pedestal as a starter, I don't think is fair. He's right. going to have to demonstrate that he can do it. Um, but I will say, in the past, when we've seen the riders come up to Saskatoon for training camp, you can tell yeah. there's a difference between the starting quarterback the second string quarterback, and then oh, God, you know yeah. the jobbers that come in f- yeah. to take reps. Yeah. When Darian Durant was here, you could you could tell without even looking at the player who threw that ball. Oh yeah, it was so and easy. And the past two years in training camp, you haven't really been able to tell. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not sure if that's just because Zach Caleros isn't throwing the ball like he used to. Fair. Or if it's because maybe the the gap between a guy like Fajardo and a starting quarterback like Zach Caleros isn't really that much. Uh, so I don't, I don't know which way to look at it. Is, is Zach Caleros down there with Cody Fajardo in, in like a 1B area? Mm-hmm. Or is Caleros a 1A and Fajardo is right there at his heels? It, it's not... It wasn't really evident, yeah, um, and especially the way that Fajardo played in Hamilton. And, I mean, you mentioned there's a different mindset, obviously, yeah. but let's also see for some teams to start game planning around Cody Fajardo, mm-hmm. uh, game planning against him, and then see him have success for, like, an extended period of time. That That's when he can prove to me that he'll be a starting quarterback. But as of right now, I'm, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to be oddly optimistic. Which is which is rare for me. Okay, you know, to just say I think I think the guy showed that he's your typical guy that's been sitting. I mean, look at the guys he's had to learn from. He was in BC with Travis Lule, you know, who if injuries had not robbed him of a longer career, would be we'd be talking about him in arguments as you know maybe best quarterback of the past decade. Yeah, he was also in uh, Oakland with Derek Carr. Yes, which I I asked him about that, and he said Derek. Derek's a great guy, and I was like, would you rather be there with John Gruden right now? And he yeah. just kind of laughed. <laughs> nobody, I, nobody wants to be there with yeah. John Gruden. Cody Fajardo, great guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he took time to, he didn't have to. Um, whenever there's interview requests, and you know this, yes. in a training camp, uh, you can only do one at a time, so some yeah. players have to wait. And Fajardo, every single day, would take a knee and sit there and wait until Every single interview was done. Even Craig Dickinson, the head coach, and that's a lengthy scrum. That is a lengthy. That's a 15-minute scrum. Uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, at least 10 minutes. Yeah. And Fajardo would sit there and wait until everyone was done. And then when everyone else went in, he would sit there and do his interviews. And he was thoughtful. Yeah. And he was nice. And he was he was outgoing. Like, you could tell he, you know, he didn't mind talking. He wanted to talk. Yeah. Now, part of it was you could see him listening to every single thing that was said. Yeah. So he's he's picking up on it. But I mean the other half is he's just a great guy. Yeah. It seems like he's it seems like a really nice guy. I would like to see him succeed because again as you know when you start covering sports, yes. you kind of stop cheering for teams and yes, you, you more do. cheer for players. Yes, and you, you, oh that is so true. And Cody Fajardo, man, as a as a person, yeah. I want to cheer for that guy. Yeah. But right now, I don't know if he is a starting quarterback. Well, I, I think, you know, between Derek Carr and Travis Lule and Ricky Ray, he's picked up, he's probably picked up some shit from those guys. Now, oh, yeah. Now, the big thing, too, with with Fajardo and his abilities, I've watched a lot of allegedly ready CFL quarterbacks play a lot of games for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Until there was basically... Kevin, Glenn, there was Kahari Jones, Kevin Glenn, nobody, Matt Nichols. So no, Buck Pierce. Oh, Buck Pierce, yes. Bucky. When he was healthy, yes. You know, when he was healthy, he was not bad. He was good. He was good when he was healthy. But the the problem is, is I've watched a lot of guys come in and play a lot of games and be really, really bad and not make the throws that Fajardo could could and did make. So that's why I'm I I am so high on him. Because I have been tortured with so many shitty quarterbacks, being a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan yeah. over the years. So that's that's just my that again that is me strictly on an eye test. I'm not a coach. I'm not an OC. 
I'm a guy with a decent set of pipes that has a back deck that does a podcast, right? Yeah. I mean... Well, you know, uh, the funny thing about professional athletes, they all have the ability to make the play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always... For hockey, it's not always Sidney Crosby that makes the highlight of the night. Sometimes right. it's a third line guy yeah. who gets the puck and and dangles and scores. You know, they all have the ability to do it. Yeah, every single one of them was the best player on their team every single year growing up. Even the up. grinders, even the grinders, they yeah. get and it's the same as football. Every quarterback has the ability to make the throw. Yeah. Can they do it? Every time, or at least consistently enough. Right. That's what sets it apart. And that's uh, that's what I'm saying I'm looking for yeah. from a starting quarterback, is do it consistently. Right. And, and, and we're going to get that chance to see it coming up this weekend. It is home opener weekend. No, oh, Toronto's in town. Toronto is in town, which, speaking of bad football. Oh, man. I felt bad for them at the end. Like, I, I you know, you've seen the Simpsons meme? meme? The stop, stop, he's already dead. Yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about that in that ball game. Like we know, Hamilton is is going to be the class of the East Division. Mazzoli looks good. Mazzoli looks really. good. And you know what's funny is I can remember him as a second stringer in Edmonton, yeah. like seven years ago. Yeah. And he had the happiest feet ever. If he yeah. didn't see anything within the first two seconds, he would tuck and run. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy's going nowhere. Yeah. And now look at him, He's, man. He looks like. He might. He, he's in the conversation right now for perhaps best quarterback in the CFL. So, you're you're coming into your home opener. You're zero and two. You, Cody Fajardo has a, an, again a full week to prepare for this start. The Riders are about to get into a tough portion of their schedule. I know it's early, but do they need to win this game? The Riders. The Riders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I mean, I know it's early and, oh, the season doesn't start till Labor Day, but if you can't beat, like, I've watched a lot of football and this, and and you've been to a lot of Saskatoon Hilltops games, and it's a common theme, the Saskatoon Hilltops just beating the shit out of some other team. Pretty badly. Pretty, like, to the point that, like, we had a rule when I did play-by-play with Chris Hengenbron, my color guy. We called the game straight up for a half. And then we got silly. We'd actually try to just entertain people because the score was that lopsided. To me, the Toronto Argonauts last week looked like one of those teams that the Hilltops regularly took out behind the woodshed and beat to a bloody pulp. Yeah, you know what's funny? You talk about Simpsons memes. Do you remember when Homer was a football coach and he used that little like thing where it kind of vibrates <laughs> and the players right. move around? Yes. And it was like, all right, you, go that way, you. Spin in a circle. Nelson, like you... That was kind of what the Argonauts looked like. Yeah, yeah. And there's no Nelson coming for the uh, Toronto Argonauts, so... Yeah, they didn't look good. Now, it's funny, though, that, that, that... And this is the funny thing with the CFL. This is the thing that I love about this league. They can legitimately look like the Edmonton Wildcats one week and then come out and look like a competent football team. I mean, they, yeah. it, it was ugly, but... I'm just trying to look at some stats here to salvage any positives. McLeod Bethel-Thompson came in and threw a touchdown. Yay! Armani Edwards had 73 yards on only four catches. He Yay! had a touchdown. Um, you know, the defense, they allowed 64 points, so there's that. Well, I guess a couple were on picks. So. Couple, a couple were on picks, you're right. But but still, you've got, you've got a team that is lost. You've got a team that did not look good. You've got a team that looks like something that's coached by Homer Simpson. 
Like, there's just, there's not a lot going on for it. Yeah, James Wilder had 12 yards rushing on six carries. Yikes. Yeah, you expect more from a guy that, and not to call out James Wilder Jr., but I think he was on with Michael Landsberg on TSN earlier this week. Yeah. And they were talking about Simone Lawrence. Yeah. And JWJ said, oh, I want a piece of Simone Lawrence. I'm right. glad he's playing. Yeah. It was like, you bit off more than you could chew, bud. Because yeah, you did not one. have that a is... good game. Now, now, what do we go into full panic mode? Do we, you know, is, is my father-in-law's text correct that the season may be done if they come out, lose to Toronto, fall to zero and three against an Argos team that again looked atrocious? Yeah, if you if you lose to this Argos team, then I would. I mean, you never want to press panic buttons this early in the season. But a team that just got just destroyed, dismantled. In their first game of the season, too. By a, and by a really good team. Yeah. But it, you got to beat that team. Well, you gotta... especially, too, you've known, like, home opener, like, like first games of the season, to me, are generally, when minus some rust and stuff, you know, you can't, you can't, like, to me, in, in, in the opening game of a season for, for any sport, any team, you're going to see the talent shine. Because you've had, both teams have had an entire offseason to prep and game plan for this game. You've had months to game plan for it. So, so to me, the first couple weeks of the season, you see results based on talent. And Hamilton played a week before. Toronto did not. Toronto had all the time in the world to go ahead and prepare for this game. And they were still that terrible. Yeah, so, they, were, they were bad. Um... So, so if, they, if they make the Riders bleed their own blood... Is there like a mini panic button? Is there a adjustment oh, uh, busting? Is yeah, there... there is. It's, when you start zero and three, um, I mean, there is that you can fall back on. Well, we didn't have our starting quarterback in Zach Kalaris. There's always that fallback. That he's not that good. And uh, I'm not saying that's a great fallback, right. but like some people can say, like, well, I mean, Zach's out, so eh, you like know. Uh, Cody Fajardo, <laughs> he had a better game last week than Zach Caleros has had since 2015, basically. Basically, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> um, I, and, and I and I know some guys are high on Caleros, and I, I won't disagree with them because, again, the new play-by-play voice of the writer Derek Taylor uh, was high on was high on Caleros, and he knows way more than I I, I could ever know. He knows a lot about football. You know, I was I wasn't high on Caleros, but I was glass half full with Caleros, right? And that's why my prediction for the Riders was was so as high, high as it yeah. was. I said, if he if he can just manage games and not muck it up, that defense will will just win games for them. Right now, like I I look pretty stupid <laughs> <laughs> because none of that has happened. Um, I think uh, Toronto has to be where they write the ship because, as you mentioned, the schedule does not get easy after that. If they lose to Toronto, they go zero and three. Then they're at home to Calgary. Yikes. Then they're uh, at home to BC. Mm-hmm. Then they're on the road against BC. And then they're at home to Hamilton. And that's, I mean... That's a tough stretch of that's, four. That's four games against uh, the three best quarterbacks in the league, save yeah. Trevor Harris, you can say. Yeah. You got Bo Levi, you got Mike Riley, and you got Jeremiah Mazzoli, who can pick you apart if you let them. Well, well, and that, that BC, I always find that BC road trip, and maybe it's just because, you know, it's late for me to watch. I Like, teams almost teams always seem to just be a little off, especially when they travel to BC. But... I think it's playing in a dome. 
I think it's the dome. I think it's I think it's the time schedule. It's 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 a it's a lot of things. It's but, eating sushi out in Vancouver, right? Maybe they go to bad sushi. That's it. Maybe they come by sushi delivery. Boom! It's poison, and that's what happens, right? Now, we did CFL wide predi- predictions here as we come to near the end of this podcast here, Pat. Are we at the end? Uh, we're at about forty minutes, you know. And 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 the advice of people that. You know that I respect a lot. They've told me don't don't go over forty five. Right. Yeah, we're starting to get boring. People are starting to tune out. Exactly. Well, they probably are. But do the riders write the ship against Toronto? Do you want me to make the bold prediction? I, like I know that's where they have to. I I, I want. I, are are they? Me asking you. Uh, do they beat Toronto in the home opener? Well, I have a really good track record of predictions so far out this year. Oh no, God, so. you are on. You are almost as bad as me with the Johnny Manziel prediction by this point. Yeah, I might even be worse. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, nothing's I'll, as bad as that. I'll take. freely admit it. Uh, I I have not been on the money in my predictions so far. Um, I mean. You know Toronto's going to be pissed oh, after God. getting embarrassed. Absolutely. Um, do they have... I mean, James Franklin, is nah. he a starting quarterback? He, no. I, he could be. Is McLeod Bethel-Thompson a starting quarterback? Nah. I mean, it doesn't all fall on the quarterback, but, like, it... Uh, I gotta say Saskatchewan wins this one. Yeah. Because if Toronto is upset and embarrassed that they lost in the fashion they did in their home opener, Saskatchewan is as upset that they're 0-2. Yes. Uh, especially with the personnel they have. I think... I, I'm with you. I think the Riders win. I think it's close enough, though, to be scary. That that that, that, that I think we're going to come out... I think the Riders are going to be 1-2 by the yeah. next time you and I talk about football, about the Riders. Well, Joel's coming back. I'm not on the next podcast, am I? Oh, no. You're... You know, that was going to be my next lead in to say, you know, if you want to make, if you want to take this platform for the next five minutes and, and, I mean, you do literally anchor an entire newscast five days a week, but. Well, I don't do it very well. That's, <laughs> that's up for debate. I, yeah. I, I, I love what you do. Um, I, I think the riders win. I think it's, it's close enough that, that we come out, it's one and two, there's some optimism, but there's a whole lot of question marks. And it's the only game on Canada Day this year. It's kind of surprising. I guess it is a Monday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's enough that, well, at the very least, that means I'll have a solid day buzz on watching the game. So. Yeah, but you know what the good part is? There's there's football Thursday, yes. Edmonton-Winnipeg. Ooh, that should be good. Uh, Friday, Montreal-Hamilton. Friday that should... night football tonight! Exactly, that should be uh, another... Shit kicking. Uh, I mean, it, it should be. It could be. You're not wrong. Shaping up to be. Uh, BC Calgary on Saturday. That could be good. And Toronto, Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's a pretty good looking week of football. So we are excited for the week of football. Pat McKay, thank you for filling the past two weeks. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. The floor is yours to end the program. Oh, boy. This is a lot of pressure. Um, I'm really good at. Should I say? <laughs> the first thing that I thought of was to sing a tune. I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's been real. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I, love if how, I'm, I love how intimately when you're speaking to the people, you look at the recorder. And I, I lean in real close and rub my hands you together. Do, and and, and like, you, like you give it sex eyes. It's fantastic and I love it. Is it my bedroom eyes? Yeah, it's your bedroom eyes. <laughs> Ooh, I am pre-seduced over here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, in that case, let's wrap this thing up. Um, thanks for having me on. 
It's been fun. Sometimes it's kind of nice to just uh, talk about football without a filter. Yes, I agree with you. I've kind of filtered myself a little bit because if I completely take the filter off, sometimes I get a little bit self-conscious afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) What did I just say? People are actually going to listen to this. Um, No, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I I will gladly come back if you'll have me and if your listeners don't flood your inbox and Joel's inbox with emails of, oh, God, never again with this guy. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. Well, again, I am usually the weakest link in this podcast, so I'm glad to have you on board, buddy. And uh, as long as Joel goes gallivanting across the the country or across the world some more, we'll have you back. Right Right on. Three Down Nation Greencast. Listen, drink pile of bones. Have a good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.